Welcome to That Good May Become with me, Laura Scappatici, where we learn to illuminate the esoteric in our everyday lives. Hey, everybody, it's Laura. How are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Pat yourself on the back for disrupting materialism with me by joining my summer book club, How to Know Higher Worlds with Rudolf Steiner. Man, if you've been following, along for this long. Good job. This is quite the book and life is super duper busy. So I hope you're feeling good about yourself and the progress you're making. Even just persistently sticking with a habit or something like this connected to your spiritual life is fantastic. I have to tell you something funny. So I had to write myself a post-it note that says, record your podcast, Laura, because... (laughs) Life has been so full with school almost starting and meetings at work. And I just think that the post-it note is sort of an illustration of what life is like when you're trying to um, have your normal life, your everyday life, and things get really intense and also carry these spiritual pictures and practices inside yourself. So I'm going to challenge you, we are almost at the end of this book, can you believe it, Um, to think about for the next few weeks as we move through to the end, three things from the book that you'd like to carry into the next year till, you know, next July. So three things from the book that you'd like to carry with you. Um, Let's try to keep it simple. And if three seems like too much, how about just one? We did an exercise at my job where we picked one priority that we thought would have the most impact for us all year. So I was thinking three with this because some of these are very conceptual, um, like patience or gentleness. Um, they're really like these inner work things, but maybe you just want to pick one of those. So anyway, let me know what you choose. I'm going to dive in now to chapter eight. And I wanted to talk about, I think last time I asked you, like, what is it like for you reading Steiner? And uh, Tiffany wrote back, Tiffany is a Spanish uh, instructor. And she wrote back to me and said, it's really like of a foreign language learning. And I thought that was so great. So she's been reading the book, then listening, then reading the book, like in sections, and it's starting to come online for her, just like a foreign language would. I think that's super cool. Tiffany, thank you so much for for sharing that. And maybe this activity in chapter eight, achieving continuity of consciousness is sort of the same. So here we go. I'm going to jump right into a quote. Human life unfolds in three alternating states. Waking state, the state of dream sleep, the state of deep dreamless sleep. So I'll say that one more time. Human life unfolds in three alternating states. Waking state, the state of dream sleep, and the state of deep dreamless sleep. You know, thanks, Dr. Steiner, for framing this. I actually had thought of life in this way, really, 
Um, and I feel like that's what he does with everything. He's like growth and decay. And I'm like, oh, right. Like that's just happening everywhere. And I never really would have thought of it. So here we are with these different stages of life, um, these different states of life. And, you know, we usually consider dreaming and deep sleep one big state. We just consider that sleep, but he's saying, he's saying they're different states. In modern life, this made me wonder about our current insomnia state, (laughs) the state of insomnia, also medicating, the medicating to sleep culture, um, and no judgment. Everybody needs to do what they need to do to sleep. Sleep is so important. Uh, I just wonder what that's like for people and what that, if, if that's connected to a spiritual picture at all. Just pondering. Okay, back to the point. Um, We are trying to move towards continuity between these states. Like what? So we're going to be like awake, but also asleep, but also dreaming. What is he talking about? Okay, well, what he's saying is that we're able to have consciousness in all of them. So remember, the dream world becomes equally important as a waking life because it reveals a higher reality. So that's what we're learning Yeah, I was just trying to, it's very early right now, and I'm trying to remember what I was dreaming about last night, and I can only just remember the person, um, my friend Emma from Scotland, she was in my dream, but I don't know what was going on. It's just like the experience of her. (laughs) But I was maybe on Instagram a tiny bit before I went to bed, so it could be that. Um, but, but who knows, there seemed just like the resonance of her appearance was really strong and high. So maybe there's something there and I'm, I'm not sure. This is probably not what he's talking about. So let's find out what he's actually talking about. Okay. He says the sense world is full of the mysteries of life too, which, you know, finding the esoteric in everyday life is my podcast slogan. But on page 163, he offers this quote. But as long as our perception is limited to our senses, we cannot penetrate the causes of these effects. These causes are partially revealed to to us in the state that develops out of our dream life, a state that by no means remains static. So if we are able to develop this continuity of consciousness, when we're able to walk through life and have these perceptions, these spiritual perceptions in all states of being, the result is that eventually we can transfer into our waking consciousness the state we first formed out of our dream life. He says it's kind of like if you are born blind and then you undergo an operation so you can see it, and here's the quote, it is the same when we become clairvoyant in the manner described above. We see the whole surrounding world filled with new qualities, new things, new beings, and so forth. Wow. Like, I wonder if this, hap- this is happening. Is this happening for anybody? I do feel like I have some perceptions now, like maybe the operation, like, was a partial. (laughs) It didn't happen all the way for me. So it was partially successful and a very small, like maybe I can just, you know, if I had all darkness before, maybe there's just a tiny bit of light. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's pretty powerful that when we work this book and when we work these exercises, it'll 
be like a whole new world is revealed to us. All right. Yeah. What, what is it like for you? Is this, is this happening for you? I really would love to know. Sometimes I think it is. And then sometimes all I can do is be anxious and make school lunches. So anyway, the state of being would be as important to our perceptions as the sense world. He reminds us that, um, we're trying to use regular language to talk about these shifts in consciousness within ourselves and this, these awakenings, but human words don't quite get at it. Um, I feel like that when I, when I try to talk about, when I try to talk about this and that's why he does use a lot of, uh, metaphor or examples for us so we can really try to get at it. Um, there are two words that you'll hear in, you know, spiritual language a lot. One is esoteric, which means hidden, and then exoteric, which is outward. And when Rudolf Steiner talks about anthroposophy, he says it means it needs to be for it to flourish in the world, the most deeply esoteric practice and the most um, warmly exoteric. So anybody has to be able to approach it. And also it has to be super deep. I think that's a great goal. So then it doesn't become insular, which I think most um, spiritual paths can get like that, especially when you get deeper and deeper into organizations connected with them or whatever. All right. I just had to, I just had to, you know, define those words a little bit because you'll hear them a lot. All right. As we work towards continuity of consciousness, we will at first have perceptions emerging out of the darkness of sleep. So, I have to tell you, I just had a little story. I recently had an appointment with an anthroposophical naturopath and she asked me about my sleep. She said, do I sleep deeply? Do I dream? Do I remember my dreams? Can you imagine the world if all doctors asked us that, all Western medicine doctors? And and I know there's a doctor listening to this (laughs) podcast. So a little shout out to Ingrid. Um, you know, imagine if your patients came in, Ingrid, and and you were like, so tell me about your sleep life. Do you, do you sleep deeply? Do you dream? Do you remember your dreams? And then like whatever remedy you gave the patient, it was connected to this side of life because you realized as a doctor, and we all realized we're all walking around like this. And I think there were probably, there are cultures that this is true in and times in human existence, this was true, where this was very important. And and yeah, like I said, it's, it's happening places on the earth right now. But when we understood this continuity of consciousness and how important, how important it is. So what does this consciousness of perceptions we have in deep sleep look like? He describes it as hearing and compares it to what happens with our ears and waking life. He, uh, at the page, at the bottom of page 165, he talks about the difference between seeing and hearing in higher worlds. Um, he said that seeing is like the next stage and hearing is like kind of what comes on first. I think I'm definitely still in hearing. Um, once we have these perceptions, our job is to make them as clear and vivid as possible. They're still super faint, um, so it's going to be tough. But here we go. It comes back to the virtue, one of the virtues he loves the most. Remember to be patient. Um, He's going to keep bringing this up again and again throughout the book and pretty much in everything, but especially when um, he's telling us how to move forward in uh, an esoteric training. (laughs) 
be patient. He says, don't force it. The experiences will eventually come. And if we do try to force them, they may disappear for long periods of time. So if we remain calm and composed, the ability will become our permanent possession. So if we keep going, we will have this capacity with us all the time. And that's on page 166. He says there'll be two kinds of experiences, but he's going to focus on one in particular. Here's a couple quotes coming up here. During the day, we think about the world around us. We form mental pictures to try to understand the connections between things. We seek to understand what our senses perceive with the aid of the concepts. It is to these mental pictures and concepts that the second kind of sleep experience refers. Um, So here's one of my most poignant quotes to ponder from page 167. We feel increasingly as though a higher world were softly whispering in our ears answers to the riddles we ponder. We realize that the things and beings of this sense-perceptible world are more than what our senses can perceive. They are the expression and product of a spiritual world whose reality has hidden from us before, but now resounds for us out of our whole environment. Mm. That's I love that the, the higher world is going to softly whisper in our ears the answers to the riddles we ponder. If, if that's happening for you, yeah, let me know. And remember, this comes with practice. Now he starts to talk about concentration and meditation, and he's going to define these for us on page 168. Concentration means that we focus our attention on particular mental pictures and concepts concerned with the mysteries of the cosmos. Meditation means living in such ideas, immersing ourselves in them in accordance with the instructions. So when we do this, when we concentrate and we meditate, we help the soul to grow like an embryo. Here's a quote. For by this whole process, the soul has literally become a different being. Once we have germinated and brought to maturity within ourselves, one we have germinated and brought to maturity within ourselves. It's born during sleep, a deep sleep, because the waking and physical world is too harsh. So we need to be really attentive about meditation and concentration because we need them. So this higher human soul, if you remember that from the very long chapter, I think that was chapter six, <laughs> Um so that we can have that higher human soul grow and live. And and there's actually a, a little warning at the bottom of page 186 about that, you know, how we might stifle that growth. All right, I'm going to keep going and you can read that warning yourself if you'd like. Um, but once it's born, if we if we do it properly, once it's born, we can start connecting it with all our life, our waking life, our dreaming life, deep sleep, Our soul can grasp as sounds and words the mysteries of the world around us. Now, before our experiences weren't connected, um, there's another warning on page 169. He says, don't create closed systemic edifices of knowledge. 
Um, like So as we're building this, let's not get stuck on certain pictures and ways of perceiving the spiritual world. We have to just keep doing the practice and be open. Um, Otherwise, we're going to get like fantastic images and ideas. Remember he talked about the like, oh, you knew the celebrity was going to die, but you didn't. You actually like heard people talking about it. Maybe there's a radio on and you didn't. They mentioned something about an illness of the celebrity, but you like, you like think you predicted it. So he's saying, be careful of that. Um, it's, it's easily to construct something that has nothing to do with the real spiritual world. And I think that's okay. If people are doing that, I am always trying to find my sense of truth and alignment when people are talking about spiritual practices or offering ideas. Um, and I think different things work for different people. You know, this idea of building the spiritual hut too, that he talked about last time, where is your spiritual home? Uh, so just use your discernment, use your discernment and the practice is what gets you there. Yeah. Like (laughs) what I, I think about stranger things like that TV show, right? Like some people, um, claim to have like these kinds of powers, but maybe, maybe they don't walk the talk. They're, they're just talking about having different powers. It's kind of a silly association, but like, could I think the upside down exists? Like, (laughs) I guess, I guess. And, and you know what? I think a lot of times, um, shows that have these supernatural forces in it. Um, do you remember that show medium? I really liked that. I think that was Patricia Arquette, right? Um, there is a lot actually there that we see reflected, but if we're walking the path, we just have to keep practicing and, um, you know, uh, work on our morality as well as these practices and, um, the gifts that we're already coming in with because some of us are coming in more attuned. All right. So we're going for a unified whole picture of the world, which is a little different maybe than what we see on TV um, and shows that are about this. We we want a picture of the world that inc- includes nature, humans, and spirit. You know, the animal world, nature, the mineral world, human beings, and the spiritual world. That's a whole unified picture. He says to be disciplined and work for greater and greater clarity regarding each of our experiences. And others will arise, other capacities will arise while we do this work. Okay. We're almost at the end of chapter eight. Can you believe this? You're doing it. Good job. Um, What's going to happen if we keep working? Meditation, concentration, sleep life, patience, gentleness. As we follow these guidelines, we draw ever nearer to the stage on the path to higher knowledge at which we can transform previously unconscious states of sleep, life, into full consciousness. And here's a most poignant quote to ponder. Then we will live in as real a world when our body is asleep as when we are awake. Whoa, pretty cool, right? There's a little footnote at the end of this chapter that I love. He's basically saying, don't worry. Okay, so y'all don't worry. Continuity of consciousness 
it's an ideal. It's the last stage after a long path. So just keep working. And I'll see you for chapter nine. I think the title, The Splitting of the Personality and Esoteric Training, means something than what the splitting of the personality means to us now. Um, and that's actually an outdated mental health term. But uh, I'm pretty sure he's talking about something else. So there are only 11 chapters in this whole book. So that's why I said at the beginning, start thinking now, what are the three things or what is the one thing that you are going to carry from now till next July? So I will see you next week for chapter 10 and then chapter 11, the following. And oh my goodness, enjoy the beginning of September. And thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Please post it. Feel free to repost it on Instagram or anywhere else and tag people and use your hashtags that you know will draw people in. I'm just winging it out there and (laughs) doing the best I can to get it to people. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.